Well, today we're going to be in Proverbs 4, and uh, it's, <laughs> I just got to, I just got to tell you, like, this chapter has reawakened my love for the Proverbs, um, and I've had many times in my life where I've done what Kieran suggested and worked through the Proverbs on a monthly basis, taken a chapter at a day, and I can't tell you, like, like that, the wisdom that's found in there and the things that you learn in there, um, they start to go into you and, and then flow out of, all, out of you, and all of a sudden, you become a wise person, and people are going, wow, you seem pretty wise, and you're going, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Because uh, I'm usually not, but God's been doing something and working something in my life as I've gotten into his words and it's changed me. And, and all of a sudden you start acting towards people differently and you start behaving differently towards uh, your spouse or your kids or your friends or even your enemies. And um, the Proverbs lead us kind of in these ways of life. And um, Proverbs 4, though, is going to, it's, it's pointing to in, in what Jesus says in John 10.10 where Jesus says, um, he says that we are, um, hold on, let me read it. Christ, Christ is going to say in John 10.10, 10, uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and it abundantly. Uh, not just life, not just eternal life, but something's going to be different about your life to where you look different, you behave different, and there's something that's different about you, this life of abundance that he's talking about. And this proverb actually opens up for us a little bit of what that looks like and what that means. And, and so we're going to read through that and, and see that. Um, let me pray and then we'll get into this. I'm also going to pray for the kids' workers, pray for them with me and my wife and Esther's in there and Lots of kids, and uh, especially my daughter. Did you see my daughter uh, during worship decided that it was a good time to work out? She was doing push-ups in the center aisle. <laughs> I'm surprised none of you joined her. Um, all right, let me pray, and then we'll get into this. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for the Proverbs. Thank you, Father, how they point and direct and lead us into, into life, God, that you've given us wisdom that, um, when applied, changes us and makes us wise, and Father affects the daily interactions that we have. God, I thank you that you're not aloof, that you uh, actually enter into these different relationships and these different things to do with our money and how we use our words and, and how we live, God, that you actually care about our daily interactions. Um, Father, and you've given us a book that points to, to helping us walk in ways of wisdom. Father, I pray today as we get into the word that uh, you would speak to people. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move and direct and um, and Father, that people would hear you speaking through the scriptures and obey you. Father, um, I pray for those in here who aren't close to you yet. Father, I pray for them uh, that they would see you in here and, and God, that they would uh, come to know you through the scriptures. We love you very much and we're excited to get into this. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, and Father, be with the kids' workers. God bless them. Be with the kids. Father, I love how our daughters come home every week and have learned something from the scriptures about you. And so uh, bless the teachers and bless the kids. Amen. All right. So, so Jesus cries out in John 10, 10, uh, I've come to give you life in it more abundantly. Let's read Proverbs 4, see what it says. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. 
The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go into it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of righteousness is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness, and they do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. That's how the word reads. It's God's word to us today. Um, so we're just going to work through this. We're going to go down. There's three paragraphs here that we're going to cover. Um, and as we work through this, I'm just going to pull out things that I noticed. But I, I want to start here. Look, he says, uh, first verse, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. And then verse 10, he says, Hear, my son, and accept my words. And then the beginning of the third paragraph, My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. And so the 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 uh, Solomon, who's writing the Proverbs, um, he's wanting us to, to reflect and to think about uh, what God is like with us as a good father who wants to instruct us. And so uh, there's times where, um, as I'm instructing my daughters, there's times where I tell them, hey, go get your shoes on, right? That's not a big deal, or don't, don't do that, or, or don't do this. But when it really comes to the, the things in life that I want them to know and keep and hold on to, I approach them completely differently. In fact, I, I get down onto their level. I'll take a knee, and I'll get right up eye to eye with them, and I'll look them in the eyes, and I'll say, listen to me. You need to be careful when you do this. You need to be aware when this happens. Don't do this. Make sure that you do this. And if they look away, I say, no, look me in the eyes. I'm talking to you right now. This is important. And, and that's what this proverb is going to do. Uh, he says, my father, uh, as you go down, he says, for I give you good precepts, do not forsake my teaching. He says, when I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the side of my mother, he taught me and said to me, and then he goes into what his father said. But, he, but the, you can imagine this kind of uh, thing taking place where you have the father looking into the son's eyes going, look. I've got to tell you some things. I'm pleading with you that you might have life and not walk in paths that are going to lead leave to wickedness. And so uh, hear my words today. And you can just imagine the son kind of looking away and him going, no, no, back here. This is so important. And then he goes on and he teaches his son in verse 10 and the next paragraph, son, listen to me. 
Just like my father looked me in the eye and told me this, I'm looking you in the eye and I'm going, listen, I've, I've got some things to tell you. And these things lead to paths of life. Listen to what he says. Let me share this story. I grew up in Montana, uh, which is a huge state with no, not many people. So I think there's more sheep in the state than people. And uh, ranches all around. But we grew up in a little town called Absorki, uh, which is a Native American name. I'm not sure what it means, but I lived there uh, pretty much my whole life. And my dad, he worked in a platinum and palladium mine. And uh, he was this miner. He was really a, a strong man, like really... Like, nobody fought with my dad. Back in the day, he would, he would fight a lot in the bars and stuff, and everybody knew. My dad was only 5'9", but he could punch harder than anybody. I don't know. Sorry, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kieran could punch hard, too. You never know. Uh, so he's a miner. We grow up. Uh, now, he works in the mine. There's only two platinum palladium mines in the world, one in Montana and one in, I think, Indonesia. And so it's pretty good money. And my dad's making uh, between seventy dollars and $80,000 a year, which was really good uh, in the 90s. And, uh, and things are going pretty well as far as what he's making. Uh, but we are living check to check. And I start to notice as I come and starting to realize why we're, we live like we don't have any money. And one of my mom's favorite sayings was, no money, no funny. No money, no fun. Okay, so uh, she was from the 80s, and uh, she, she lived through the 80s, and so she had some weird sayings and would sing a bunch of 80s songs all the time. <laughs> Sad and horrible. Uh, explains a lot about me, actually. Um, but my mom, uh, she would always sing, no money, no funny, and we, we were living check to check, and, um, and one of the earliest memories I have of my dad trying to instill wisdom into me was uh, we're driving down the road in his new truck, a new Ford, and he looks at me and he goes, Dustin, never go into debt. And I'm like 14, 15 years old, and I'm like, okay. Like, and he starts telling me, look, Dustin, debt is really dumb because, and he quotes a proverb, actually, it's in here, that says that you're, um, you're a servant to the lender, that basically uh, that, that those who you borrow from, you have to repay them, and they control you. And so my dad started describing how all these people worked at the mine, and they got locked into working at the mine, even though they hated their job. They're going underground every day. It's dirty. It's hot down there as they get closer to the core. I don't even understand all that, but it's like 80, 90 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is, Celsius. And, and, uh, and my dad starts pointing out, and he starts going, look, all these people that work here, they have brand new trucks. They have brand new homes. They're all in debt, and they're going to be working here uh, for the rest of their lives because because they can't pay it back. And so I remember even at that young age going, debt's dumb. I never want debt. Um, and my dad would, would reiterate that over and over and over. And um, I say that in, in this way. There's a lineage to wisdom. When you look through this proverb, uh, you've got the, the proverbist, I'll say. Uh, he's hearing, he's speaking what he's heard from his father. He's going, look, my dad told me, and now I'm telling you, and there's a lineage that takes place in wisdom. And I think that that's a key point for us, that as we pursue wisdom, as we become wise, there's a benefit not only to our lives, but to the lives of our families and the lives of those that we're going to invest in after us, and that as we gain wisdom, they hopefully will take that wisdom and run with it, and that will continue and continue. So there's a lineage to this, which is really thrilling to me. 
I like the fact that um, hopefully my daughters, if I do what my dad did and go, hey, look, don't go into debt. It's dumb. Debt's dumb. That they'll get that, that they'll hear that, and they'll understand that, and that they'll avoid debt as much as possible. And so the lineage is there. So here's the words. Uh, We'll go to uh, verse 4 where he's telling him what his dad taught him. Uh, He taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you, love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Uh, As I was reading through this the other day, I came to that that verse. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. (laughs) Go. Um, and I was, I was a little bit thrown off by it. I was like, wow, so I'm going to stand up and I'm going to tell you, hey, the beginning of wisdom for all of you is go get wisdom. Have a good day. That's what it says. But as I begin to reflect on it a little bit more, I begin to realize that what his dad is saying to him is, listen, son, get wisdom. That's the beginning. That's, if you start to get wisdom, if you, if you decide to start chasing after wisdom, that will be your first wise step. The beginning of wisdom is choose to get wisdom. Like go pursue it. And when you do that, when you begin to pursue after wisdom, all of a sudden it moves you from being a fool into being wise. You made your first wise step. Welcome to wisdom. I chose wisdom and so now I'm a wise person because I chose that. Congratulations. It's that easy. Isn't that fun? I find it fun. No money, no funny. It's okay to laugh at that. It's funny. (laughs) The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland, and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. So he is striving for his son. Listen, son, I need you to listen to me. I want you to live a full life. Keep my commandments and you'll live. Get wisdom, get insight, choose to pursue after this. And through that, you will gain life. There will be life in it more abundantly. Now let's talk about life a little bit. I think when you say get life, people are like, well, longer life is cool and that's good. Longer life is cool, maybe. And uh, most time, I always contradict myself when I preach, you're welcome. And uh, but most time, longer life is good. But he's actually talking about this abundant life that Jesus says in John 10.10. 10. This abundant life is it's, it's more than what you get on the outside. So worldly wisdom says, look, if you want to be successful in, in this world, uh, you need to get an education. You need to go to school somewhere. You need to get your degree. Get a job. Use that job so that you can buy a house, get a car, get a wife who's hot or a husband who's fit, I don't know, hot too, I guess, Um, um, work out, make sure that your health is good, and then you're going to be thrilled with the results of that. That was pretty sneaky. Nobody watched him, did you? (laughs) He even ducked down so nobody would see him. (laughs) Not well played. All right. I must be a little bit loud. Uh, So, what? (laughs) That's how I feel sometimes. No signal. Um, so 
uh, where was I? So, so this worldly wisdom says, get this kind of life where you achieve all these things and maybe you get status and then you're going to be so satisfied and so happy once you have all these things. And what we find is there's a whole bunch of people that we see that have achieved those things. They've achieved fame and wealth and homes and got the right person and and yet they're extremely sad and depressed and sorrowful. And, and there's even a point. <laughs> He's covering it with his Bible. I'm not sure. That's good. <laughs> Hopefully it'll project the Bible up there. Um, there's, this, there's this sense in which we can look back. Like you mentioned today that this is the Britney Spears mic. Britney Spears, for instance. Right? Got everything living life to the fullest, and then all of a sudden she spins off. She has everything that you think would make her happy and successful, and, and she's got it all, and then she's shaving her head and um, having to go into rehab, and her kids might be getting taken away from her. So, or, or I was thinking about, I mean, that's a pretty old school thing. I mean, even Justin Bieber and the things that he's gone through recently, or um, Robin Williams or Heath Ledger from the Batman, like during the Batman films, he's overdosing on pills. And so we got to look and go, okay, worldly wisdom says if I would achieve all of this, then I'll have real life and I'll live like everything that I want will happen. I'll be able to travel. I'll be able to do this. But what we see is that that actually doesn't work, that the end of that road doesn't lead to the life that we're seeking. And so the Proverbs here are going, and Jesus is going, look, I really want you to pursue after true life, a life that isn't determined by the outward things that you get, but a life that flows from the inside of you out, that you might, as we read in the Hebrews, that Jesus might become rest for us, that Jesus might become life for us, that Jesus might become healing for us, that in Christ we begin to live out a life that is actually full of passion and satisfaction and the things that we're actually striving for, we can have them today right now by choosing wisdom and choosing life versus trying to achieve and achieve and achieve and getting to the end of that rainbow and finding not a pot of gold. Sorry, I went to a leprechaun museum this week. All right, let's continue. Hear my son and accept my words. Now right here, here's what he's going to do in this paragraph. He's going to put two paths before you, the path of wisdom and the path of the wicked, all right? So be picking up on that as we read through it. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is your life. There's life again. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it, turn, or avoid it, do not go into it, turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. See how this is exactly opposite of our reading today? In Christ we can enter into the rest, but the wicked will never enter into the rest. But listen to this. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path I love this. The path of righteousness is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until it's full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. So he's putting these two paths before you. He's saying, look, here's the path of wicked. Here's the way of the wicked. And here's the way of the righteous. Please choose righteousness. Now, we like to kind of go in between and go, well, what about the neutral path? I want to be wicked sometimes and righteous at other times. Maybe righteous on Sundays when I'm singing worship. But the rest of the week, whatever I want. And it's Halloween for Pete's sake. Come on. 
There's a bonfire. I can do it. But the Proverbs don't allow for that, and Jesus doesn't allow for that. He says, look, there's two ways. Either you take this path that's going to lead to pain and hurt and being lost and stumbling and violence and, and being, having your passion stole from you, or there's this other path that you can take. It's this path of righteousness. And if you pursue this path, it leads to life. It leads to, I love how it says it, it leads to this maybe, maybe this little bitty light growing and growing and growing until you shine like the bright day. That this little bit, this little step in this path, when we choose to follow after Christ in this way, all of a sudden can grow into this life that's lived out and you're shining out from that. That your life is so full with light and passion and the truth, the things that you're longing for, love and peace and joy, all those things that we're striving after, it begins to develop. It reminds me of in Philippians where um, the scriptures tell us that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. I rest in that. That Christ has started something inside of me. And though it might be small, it's growing. It's getting bigger. It's turning into this huge bonfire. There's two paths before you. The way of righteous, 11 through 13 and 18 state that. The way of the wicked, 14, 17 and 19 state that. And I think more, like, I know it kind of sounds maybe like these rules, like you've got to choose this path. But really what God's calling us into is, is life because this is how we were designed to live. It's, almost, it's like the creator who created us knows how we work and how we function. And he's going, look, here's the thing. If you go this way, you're going to actually be living the way I designed you. And you're going to find that that works well. If you go this way, it's going to go bad for you. So... By way of example, here's an iPad. I have an iPad. You guys like your iPads or iPhones or some of you have less smartphones. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I remember when I first got my, my iPad, I was meeting with somebody and I was scrolling. I was looking for something and she was sitting across the table. She's like, what are you doing? Because I was just petting my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny when you think about the gestures we make with this thing. You know, like, um, I really like my iPad. It's helpful, like, I, I can take it with me everywhere. Um, I have, I think now in my Kindle, I have 300 books. This is a library in my hand. It's too much power, really. Hold on, let me, I got a book for that. Hold on. And it's really beautifully designed. It's got a great camera, great Apple. It reflects my image back from the Apple because it's an iProduct. It's all about me. Um, you can download many apps, but... Let's just say that I were to take this and go, man, I really love my iPad, and just take out a nail and go, man, I need to hang up a picture. There's an app for that. iHammer. And you put that nail up on the wall, and you start hammering with the iPad, and everything's going to break, and it's going to be destroyed, and, and I'm going to go, oh, man, what did I do? That would be really sad, actually. That'd be really sad. Screen busted up. Well, what's the problem? Could it work as a hammer? Maybe. Probably not. Even if it does get the nail in a little bit, it's not designed to be a hammer. It was created for a whole different set of purposes. And, and so were we. There's so many times we're like the iPad that's trying to hammer in a nail and trying to be the hammer, and, and it leads to this way of destruction, this, this stumbling and this, 
brokenness. And we're going, what happened in my life? I thought that if I just hit the nail harder, it would work. And God's going, look, you're not a hammer. You're an iPad. You're so much more beautiful than a hammer. You're more, like, you are so well designed. And I've got other uses for you. Stop hitting your head on the nail. God's saying that to us. He's going, look, here's the two paths. Choose a path that you were created to live and live in it. And you're going to see joy and passion come out of you like you've never experienced before. And, and everything that you've been striving for, trying to get that sex and drink and, and whatever, all those things, all those ambitions, they, they aren't leading to where you need to go apart from how you were created and how I designed you to be in relationship with me to live that out. So again, he's saying, choose life, choose life. Okay, verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with vigilance, for, for from it flow the springs of life. It's one of my favorite um, proverb sayings in all the Proverbs. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve from the left or from the right. All right, so this is where the Proverbs come home for me. He says, look, guard your heart for out of it flow the sprigs of life. I think sometimes if we can come to the Proverbs and it can be an intellectual pursuit of wisdom. What I mean is like you'll read it and you're like, okay, I should do that. I'm going to go do that. You know in your brain you should do it. But then your actions don't reflect that and you live a different way. And you're like, geez, what's wrong with me? I know how to live. Like I read it. But what, the, what is happening here is that the, I like the word proverbus. It's not a word. I Googled it so I could use it in my sermon. But I'm going to use it. It's a new word, proverbist. Okay? What the proverbist is hoping here for is that the words that you read in Proverbs will enter in through your eyes or your ears, will go inside of you, will be pushed down deep into your heart. And all of a sudden, you become a wise person. You, you don't just live wisely. Because we can all choose a wise path, but there's a difference in I'm actually living out of my heart, and my heart has become wise, and now I'm a wise person. You see the difference there? So the proverbist is going, look, take these things, put them into you, and so that when you live, out of you will flow springs of life. Guard your heart, for, for out of it flow the, the springs of life. He gives us three ways to guard our hearts. Uh, the text says, uh, your mouth put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you so your eyes and then ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. So he's given us ways to guard our hearts. He's going, look, watch your mouth. <laughs> My dad used to say that and it was not as kind as this, I don't think. <laughs> Son, you watch your mouth. Okay, sorry. You're a 5'9 minor. He's going, watch your mouth, watch your words. Be careful not to talk bad or gossip about people. Let your talk be good. Don't let it be devious. Don't let it be evil or wicked. Speak, don't speak bad. He's, Guard your heart by watching your mouth. And by the way, the scriptures also tell us that out of the heart our mouths speak. So sometimes you'll say something and go, oh my gosh, that's inside of me. That's, oh geez. 
Here's my heart, and it's really broken for me to say something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody experience that or is it just me? Like the foot and mouth here should be put together for my sake. Because I'm always putting my foot in my mouth. It's just me, isn't it? All you guys are like, we know that about you. It's cool. The more you get to know me, the more you'll realize I apologize a lot. And it's just, uh, I count on grace. I'm an extra grace required type of guy. But we all have these moments where we say something stupid. We say something we don't intend. And, and the scriptures would tell us, hey, that reflects something about what's inside of you. You need to check into your heart. That's part of guarding your heart. Our mouths will reveal what's inside of there and what needs to shift to get us back to the way of wisdom. He says, put away from your crooked speech. And then he says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Now, this is an interesting verse in Ireland. I got to admit. Since I've landed in this country, I've noticed uh, getting on the bus or walking down the street, it feels like nobody knows that you exist, even though there's hundreds of people right next to you and you're bumping shoulders or you're sitting beside them on the bus. There's this kind of, uh, I was talking to somebody from Ireland and I was telling them this and they're like, what? You didn't get your blinders when you arrived off the plane. These horse blinders, you know what I'm talking about? Where, have you seen these? They put them on and so the horse just walks straight ahead and doesn't look to the right or to the, and and so this verse is really interesting to me because he's like, look, don't look around. And all I do when I'm on the bus and on the street is I'm looking at people and I'm going, okay, well, two things I'm thinking, and maybe this is wrong and, and this might be my Americanism. I'm going, I'm going look, I, I hardly ever see anybody look up around here. And it, it actually like really breaks my heart because I'm going, if all I saw were these streets and these people and and this trash on the street, I, I was walking out here and saw a needle on the ground. If, if all I saw was that, and, and that was my experience, and that was my framework through how I was filtering life, I wouldn't want to make eye contact with anybody either. This, this is it. I'm like, no, just look up. There's actually something way bigger than this. This is, like, I love Dublin. I'm not speaking bad about Dublin. I love this city. But it's got to be put in context of something bigger or it becomes really sad to me. There's got to be something bigger. And so I'm constantly, if you ride with me on the bus or you see me on the bus, you'll just see this guy looking up at the, the sky. And I'm trying to get people to look up. Like, look, there's sunshine. There's clouds. It's bigger. This world's bigger than this. Come on, there's hope. If you just look up. But he's saying, look, keep your eyes looking directly forward before you and your gaze, sorry, directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep your eyes focused on the path of wisdom. Don't be deviating. The scriptures tell us that an, a man who, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in everything he does. In other words, you can't be flip-flopping back and forth and you can't be looking around. Just follow after God. Set your eyes on him. That's wisdom. Pursue that path. And then lastly, the path of your feet. It's important that we think through what steps we're going to take, what, what are the results, what are we trying to achieve with our lives, and to ponder our feet and what steps we're going to take. And in that, we can ponder a path of wisdom. We can arrive at wisdom. Let me end with this. It's a, it's a quote. It's from uh, Raymond Ortland Jr.'s book on Proverbs. It says this, Life does not flow from the outside in. It flows from the inside out. We need our hearts continuously filled with the ever-fresh life of Christ by faith in the gospel. 
I think Jesus had this verse in mind when he said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. We will not lose our way on the journey of life if we will keep coming to Jesus and drinking in his acceptance, his forgiveness, his promises, his love. Everything else flows out from deep in there. We keep running back to the well and the source that is Christ, accepting and drinking in these things. And our lives will shift and will become how God created us and will function the way that God intended and it'll be beautiful. If we all did that, I mean, look at all, like every one of you, God loves you, has, has a plan for you, has a destiny for you, has created you uniquely from everybody else. And if we all did that, the church, the bride of Christ, functioning that way, walking in wisdom, pursuing after Christ, taking our identity from Christ and what he's done at the cross, it becomes really, really, a really, really beautiful quilt and patchwork that God is weaving together. And then we just invite other people into that. Hey, have you heard about Jesus? Yeah, it's crazy. I had to come see what's happening at my church. Everybody is lit up. It's amazing. Lit up for the gospel, and the gospel's changing them. Whew, crazy. Come check it out. Or people are going, what's wrong with you? Why are you looking up at the sky so much? Let me tell you, it's pretty cool, actually. There's a sun sometimes. Depends on the day. All right. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you so very, very much. God, thank you for showing us that there's paths that if we will pursue, that in Christ we will find life, we will find our passion, we will find what we were destined and created to do, and in that we will shine out beautifully. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us, for loving us, for your kindness towards us. God, I pray that each one in here, as they're given the choice between um, wisdom and not wisdom this week, that they will choose wisdom, Lord, that they will choose that with, with their eyes and their mouth and their feet and their hearts, God, that they would take themselves and just, just commit to being wise. And Lord, that the start of wisdom would be choosing wisdom for each one of us. Thank you, Lord, that as we choose that, you'll make our light grow and shine as bright as daylight. We love you, Father. Bless this church. Bless the churches around the city who are preaching the gospel today. Be with them, work in them. Be with the people of Dublin today. God, I pray that you would draw people to yourself. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.